Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 23, verse 23 through 29, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 29 through chapter 12, verse 2, the gospel according to Luke, chapter 12, verse 49 through 56, and Psalm 82. Open our minds, warm our hearts, but also bend our wills. For we seek to hear your word. Amen. You guys remember that song you may have learned as a child in Sunday school? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and her righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Alleluia, alleluia. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Alleluia, alleluia. A few weeks ago, I was sitting around a campfire, the kind of place where you sing songs like that, with some neighbors of ours who we've become really close with since moving to Cincinnati. That night, I was reminded of how beautifully warm and comforting a campfire can be. That glow that pulls you in, the crackling sounds that fill the silence, the heat that welcomes you to lean in and feel its presence. Those flames allow you to say things and share things that seem odd in the light of day. A teenager in our midst spoke up, reminding us of the realities of the struggles of adolescent life. Fitting in, feeling seen, being heard, seeking comfort and newness all at the same time. I remember those days. Sometimes they feel like a long time ago, and sometimes they feel like now. Like it's still like that, like I can still touch them, still see the details of those days. I remember one in particular. I hadn't slept much the night before. I didn't have breakfast. I got to first period and received some really harsh words and a near failing grade on a paper from an English teacher who I absolutely adored. Some kids got in a fist fight at lunch and ruined the whole period. 
And I felt like I was nearly drowning at swim practice because some girls on my team had gotten in-school suspensions and coach was going to punish all of us. I went home exhausted, frustrated, and feeling very alone. I made it to the front door. Keyed in the code on the little pin pad my oldest sister had installed, threw my body over the threshold, surely to arrive in the comfort and safety and peace of home. But that's not what happened. On the other side of that door was a raging flame, my dad furious about something I had broken the night before. How did this happen? You're so irresponsible. You don't even care. I worked so hard to pay for this. Ungrateful, reckless, wasteful of all that I've given to you. My heart began to oscillate between shame and rage. I grabbed my sister's keys to her car and drove to the one place I could think of in that moment that would hold me. With tears streaming down my face, I blew through a stop sign, tried not to think of the whole day and all that had happened all at once, and I pulled into the parking lot at Grace Episcopal Church. An A-frame building I'd been to many, many times before. Outlined in gray stone with beautiful flowers. I'd been there countless times. It was as familiar as family. The little curb led me up to the giant front doors. They had huge iron handles that signified to me strength. I reached for them. I was begging to be let in, but the doors of the church were locked. I tugged harder, but they wouldn't budge. In complete defeat, I collapsed to the ground, feeling beneath me what I felt inside that day. Dust. Where are you, Jesus? Why aren't you here for me? Why can't I get in there? Why is this door locked when I need you? Why this dividing wall between us? I sat there in the dirt for quite some time. And I noticed things about the place that I hadn't before. An old bench that hid in some tall grass near that sign that posted the worship times. A swarm of bees had made a nest in a nearby oak tree and someone had left a little cross in the fresh concrete many years ago on the edge of the slab that was under my body. 
I sat there alone in silence and looked around. And my sister pulled in. I could see the look of relief on her face. There you are, it said. She didn't say anything, though, just opened the door to her car and sat down beside me and took my hand in her hand. It's locked, I said. The church is locked. With clarity and wisdom, she looked at me and said, no, it's not. I'm right here. A new door opened before me in her words. That's the thing about doors. They can divide things or they can bring things together. Doors mark a distinction, in and out, system and belonging, comfort and challenge, peace and violence, hostility and home, being broken apart and being knit back together. Jesus has some very difficult words for us this morning. Words that can feel unfamiliar to the image that we have built up of Jesus. Our peace-loving healer is frankly pissed off. Righteous indignation is welling up in his body at the assumptions his followers have made about who he is and what he's here for. His disciples are pulled aside from a large crowd so that Jesus can help them understand what is about to happen, how he is about to sacrifice his life for love. We'll follow you, sure, they say, but we don't really want to have to change anything. We'd like to keep our families, our systems of comfort, our power in the world. We want to feel the warmth of your campfire and sing those nice songs, but we never want to place a log or gather kindling or get down low to the ground and use our breath to give energy to the flame. We want to see you, Jesus, but we don't want to search. We want that door opened to us, but we don't want to have to knock. We desire to hate what is evil and love what is good, but we don't want to establish justice in the gate, as the prophet Amos told us. I want us to do something a little different together this morning. I want to take you somewhere. Like any other sermon, you don't have to go where I want to take you. 
You can choose to opt out at any time. You can say no to this invitation. And you might get there and find yourself in a place where you don't want to be. If that happens, look around. Look around at this good place where you find yourself today. And take a moment to name for yourself what you see here. Name for yourself five good things that you can see. Four good things that you can hear. Three things you can touch. Two things you can smell. And one thing you can taste. You can come back to this place. But if you would, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Because I want you to see something different. I want you to imagine the front door of your childhood home. What color is it? What does the handle look like? Are there windows on the side? or near the top? Do you have to step up to get there? Is there a fancy brass knocker or cobwebs in the corner? How do you feel standing in front of it? Is it open? Or is it locked? And if so, who has a key? What might you find inside there? Connection? Division? Violence? Peace? Struggle? And love? What is beyond that dividing threshold? 
Families are complicated. We know this. All of us gathered here today have so much in common, but when we close our eyes and imagine our childhood home, we see different things. Now gently open your eyes and look around again. What do you find here? Struggle, love, violence, peace, hostility, or home? system, or belonging. Can you find a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven here in this place? Have you laid aside some of the world to gather here together? Are you willing to hear Jesus's radical message of love that requires us to lay a lot of the other stuff aside? Now close your eyes once more. This time I want you to imagine the doors of the church. Not those big glass and metal ones that hang from the hinges of this building. I want you to see the doors of the church out there in the world, in your homes and in your places of work in your schools and in your grocery stores. The ones we take with us out into the world. What do those doors look like? Are there windows that let in the light? Do they seek out to comfort those who are lost and feeling alone? Do they offer embrace and encouragement? Or are they locked? And if so, who has the key? Can anyone come in? Who is family? Now open your eyes. People are complicated. Families are complicated. Churches are complicated. A lot of times we want all of the good stuff, those soft campfire songs that Jesus sings to us throughout the Gospels. But today we're given an opportunity to hear the truth.
that goodness awaits when we cross, cross those thresholds. That joy is found when we welcome others to cross those boundaries with us. How do we stand in a doorway and acknowledge that a division can somehow be an opportunity, an invitation to proclaim from the rooftops that which is whispered behind closed doors, love, peace, goodness and loving kindness. As you go forth into the world today, I want you to think of how we might remove the hinges from our hearts and tell to friend and stranger that all are welcome in our hearts, in this place, and in the kingdom of God. Amen.